What is happening, my students? It's your professor of wolf studies, Wolf, the dog. And I'm here to lecture you about the various bones that wolves like me possess. How much cream is in the body? How much grease the fur retains? You know, college stuff. And I am teaching it you live from 694.2 PTBP, the only radio show that delves into factual things regarding Wolf the Dog biology, my babies. Speaking of knowledge, we got a new Howlin' with Wolf. This episode's Howlin' with Wolf was sent by Derek from the RGV, the Rio Grande Valley. They write, howdy y'all. Big shout out from South Texas to all the PTBP peeps near and far. Can't wait to get back to the boys in contention and finally get to the bottom of this mystery. Don't get me wrong, all this timey-wimey stuff is fun and all, but boy howdy does it give me a headache. If only there was a handy dandy recap that retold these events in a succinct but thorough fashion. Anyways, stay safe out there. Lots of love to the PTBP crew and a big ow to Walt the Dog. Thanks for writing in, Derek, from the Rio Grande Valley. I hope one day to visit this mystical Texas that I've heard so much about. It sounds like a place that a wolf really could lay down a garbage nest to lay many eggs in. Anyway... If you want to write up a little something for your wolfy wolfy to how how, tag us on the internet at Pretending Pod or write a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, uh, send us a screenshot at pretendedpod at gmail.com. And if you want 23 bonus episodes, become a citizen of contention for $5 a month over on patreon.com slash pretendingpod. The link is in the show notes. There's a recording of the Session Zero for building contention and brainstorming PC ideas. There's some Q&As, there's some uh, really silly one-shots, and 10 of the episodes tied together in an ongoing story that has featured 11 different agents due to um, uh, the uh, brutal approach Zach has leaned into this more Delta Greeny, Delta Green campaign, all of which is homebrew, except for the wonderfully disgusting scenario lover in the ice. But I'll stop peddling so y'all don't snooze. You know where I'm heading, it's time for the news. Last time, our three leading men came to in the darkness of Ari Manstein's mausoleum. Again, that's number four if I remember correctly, and every single name on their bodies has been crossed out. After Keith revealed he went back in time, became Silas Cole, and invented Ball, well, John got real angsty and poured out some pent-up daddy issues while, uh, in, in his dad's body. The trio called an Uber and headed off to contention to nab the book, on the way to calm, comfy campgrounds to confront Maggie Cook. But the driver, Spud, in his vintage Volkswagen van couldn't evade the goo-nami that first consumed the bodies of Councilwoman Carrie Pages and Salem the Cat atop a familiar four-wheeler with an odd radio on the back before it eventually swallowed our narratively central characters as well. <sighs> Same fucking shit got me too, goddamn goo. And now I can't see my paw 
in front of my ma, but I can hear, oh, I can hear. Be eternally grateful that you can too, if only for the privilege of blessing your body and the space between your functional ears with this impossible to overhype song. And if I'm not right, then it's best to be wrong. It's Dragon in 3 with What Kind of World Are You Living In? So I've realized we kind of have a finite number of uh, episodes left before we, we start on like a new story and people might be like listening to it for the first time. We only have so many intros where like people have already listened to like a hundred episodes of this probably if they're listening to this. So we can say some pretty messed up stuff and they'll, and they'll keep listening. So I looked up on Quora, what are the most inappropriate questions to ask people? Uh, so, uh, Joe, are you pregnant? Yes. Uh, Luke, are you, are you, are you wearing a wig? (laughs) Yes. Uh, and Thomas, were you in jail because you murdered someone? (laughs) Someone's, but yes. (laughs) Someone's what? Some's one. I have a legitimate question though. Put it on Quora. Will it feel like if I put orchids in my bong and smoke it? Why on earth would, Why would I do you that? Do that? Why, would Why you on do earth that? would I do that? The here's the deal: I have over five hundred orchids, and not one of them will get anyone high. <laughs> <laughs> so the other day, you posted a thing on Instagram. You were like, "My favorite corner of the house." Yeah. You just kind of didn't mention that they were all. It was a picture of plants, but they're all mine. Wow, that's stolen valor. I did not. <laughs> I did not. Uh, <laughs> That's I did not stolen valor, and I'd like an apology. Uh, I'm not going to apologize because uh, nowhere in that post did I say that they were mine. Traitor, American they, traitor. They exist in my house, <laughs> and what I posted was, "This is the best corner of the living room," which is true. I did not stolen say valor. these are mine. Uh, so you could, not you apologizing. Could put a little plant emoji and then a colon and then tag. Not like going to happen. By. I'm going to comment on the. I'm going to comment on there right now. These are all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, how many plants do you have now? Uh, he has over lot. 500 orchids, and they're not going to get anyone high. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have like twenty orchids uh, and and a bunch of other plants. Were you in jail because you murdered someone? <laughs> Some's one, but yes. <laughs> he, he murdered Adam's one. Some Kane. <laughs> the orchids bring me peace. No, I I have like a uh, ten full size orchids, and then ten of those are like real tiny. They're little mini orchids. So that's not like uh-huh. it's not like I'm crazy. Yeah, and all, they're actually sure. all mine. Yeah. Is the thing <laughs> that's the deal. That's the other deal. Luke takes care of them all. Yeah, I do all the work. Luke, I watered your orchids yesterday. 
Thank you. Ah. <laughs> You're welcome. Luke does have two orchids. You're I sprayed the orchids the roommate. other day, and I watered my palm, little palm tree. That's what he calls his penis. I was in jail because I put my orchids in a bong and smoked it. <laughs> should we start the episode, or should we talk about... Cat suck house. You begin falling <laughs> upward through a technicolor swirl composed of unnatural hues your eyes cannot quite comprehend while at the same time completely dark. The nothingness is endless and you feel content physically. It's a familiar feeling, one you felt upon each of your resets in Ari Manstein's mausoleum, and above you, in the direction you're weightlessly falling, is nothing but the complete absence of light, somehow both a maelstrom of overstimulation and a wholly empty void. Uh, Do we have our faculties about us? Seemingly. Completely warped, completely confused. Uh, you see that John Lee Kevin Moore the Third has rolled himself up into a ball, and he is floating up alongside with Do you. They as see that? is, are you rolled up like a ball? I thought we couldn't see anything. Oh, you can't, but you can clearly see each other. That's a thing. You can't see anything, but you are all seeing each other, as well as this weird light around you that is the most colorful thing you've ever seen, hues you've never experienced, and it's also completely pitch dark. Cool. Cool. And you're all there. And you're falling upward. Endlessly. And who else is there but Spud? I had no shit went to middle school with a kid named Spud. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's Oh, uh, this is where cool. I should say shout out to... Bip from Hebo, Oregon. Hebo? For giving us Reginald. You cut out a little bit when you Arthur said the name. Arthur McKenzie. I didn't, I didn't hear it. Bip from Hebo, Oregon. Hebo. <laughs> I Hebo. also did Hebo. not hear let's, the name let's again. Let's say Hebo. Let's not say Hebo. <laughs> that sounds like somebody just slipped a slur past us. <laughs> <laughs> what if the name is really Hebo, though? It's. I think it's better safe than sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to beep all of this out, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude, holy shit. The population of Hebo is 182. Wow. Small town. They're a small town bit. I was born in a small town. It's not even a town. It's an unincorporated census designated place. In Tillamook Whoa. County. I bet it's beautiful there. There's definitely something. This is where crazy shit would happen. Yeah, this is where Delta it's Green named takes after place. Mount Hebo. There's a Mount Hebo Air Force Base. Oh, now he's saying it. Yeah, dude. Come on, man. Oh, was the site <laughs> of the Mount Hebo Air Force Base until it closed in 1980. So Haunted Air Force Base. I wonder why it closed. I wonder why it closed. Find out on the next arc of our Patreon Delta Green game. <laughs> Guys, did you know 7.4% of uh, the population there is 18 to 24? Do you guys want to clap in to like reset yourselves? Sure. (laughs) Zach, have you fucking started like having your classes of six-year-olds clap in to calm them down? (laughs) No, do you guys want to sing what I sing? Everyone sitting nicely. Everyone sitting nicely. (laughs) Thank you. And then I go around and I tell them each good job with their name and I give them a high five and a low five. Okay, but yeah, can you fucking resolve that melody though? (laughs) Nope. So as you guys are literally falling upwards, 
Keith is uh, kind of content because he knows it's not actually happening to him. You feel very physically content. Physical distance-wise, can I move? Is, am I able to get closer to anybody if in any way? Oh, yeah. And, like, the minute you get closer, you're super far away from them. And then you're right next to them. Uh, it's all kind of happening at the same time. You're very much moving wherever you want to and further away. Yes. Cool. The disconnect between the physical contentment he feels, the breakdown between his like mind and his body, not to mention the time and spatial anomalies, means like John Lee Pettymore just like barfs into this blackness. And all of a sudden, the barf that is floating into this void turns the same color that you're seeing all around this, which is this like insane, inky black darkness that is coming out of you, and the rest of you see it too. It's the ooze that's coming out of John Lee Kevin Moore the Thirth's mouth as he vomits, but the ooze is like lighting up with sparks of this unnatural color that is just like arresting your eyes like you have no idea how to handle this and your brain is essentially just like fucking melting because it's just a complete overstimulation and at the same time physically you feel more calm than you ever have in your life maybe next to the time that you were commanded to feel calm by that giant gaunt translucent skinned man god damn it that fucking uber driver was one of them things whoa he says as he floats in and out of your view simultaneously. Oh, well, maybe not. Hey, hey, man. You see that his pants are made out of a similar patchy material with all the clothes, and you've brought this character with you into the next part of the story. <laughs> Whoa, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Is he laughing like that? Yeah. Is Fuck. he feeling good about it? Shit. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Oh, uh, why are you saying he, though? It's weird, man. Is he feeling weird about it? And he points at you. And as he's pointing at you, you see that he's pointing at Keith and he's pointing at John at the same time. And he's kind of pointing at himself with four fingers because that's what happens when you point a finger. And he's like, dude, what? You see John looking at his fingers as he's pointing and he's like, holy shit, that's right. <laughs> Except it's only... It's only three fingers that point back, not four. It's true. No, there's a fourth finger, and there's not. Keith reaches up to buckle his seatbelt and is concerned when uh, it's not there. It's not. Uh, And as your hand reaches out, there's like a trail behind it of this color, uh, like a tracer, like on the back of a bullet in a video game or something. I don't know if that happens in real life. I've never seen a bullet. Uh, moving or not moving and as your hand moves it's just like this crazy color scheme is just like failing behind it like you just won solitaire (laughs) Thomas you're going to say something about bullets yeah (laughs) (laughs) tracer tracers happen when you have tracer rounds which are bullets that are specially designed to have a chem trail. Have a chem trail. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's doing it? Yeah. Yeah. You all see a series of scenes play out around you. The subjects and settings like a hologram made of the same unnatural light. First, you see the sanctuary of the First Church of Contention decorated for a funeral. Two coffins are closed up in front of the lectern with pictures of the deceased burn victims on either side. Adam Kane's 
parents looked happy in their wedding photo, but somehow even more joyful in a JCPenney photo shoot with a smiling, toothless baby Adam Kane. The orphaned boy with black eyes and a balloon head sneaks slowly out of a conversation with extended relatives before running quickly for a closet door. He does not, however, find the solace he seeks. Rather, he finds himself in this small, dark space cluttered with old hymnals and extra candles, one of which is lit, and the orange light illuminates the face well, of a crazed, it. heartbroken Clark Bishop. Nice. Not much older than he is here in this vacuum, seemingly outside both time and space. Clark reaches out and tucks a note into the inside pocket of Adam Kane's blazer, previously only worn on Easter and Christmas Sunday. The closet suddenly goes dark. The balloon-headed boy pulls the metal chain attached to the singular bulb above and finds himself alone with the spare songbooks and vigil lights. He pulls out the note, unfolds it, and you all see a list of directions. Underlined at the top is the sentence, one day, years from now, it will be imperative that you replace Keith Vigna as Silas Cole, the founder of Contention. Step one outlines where to find and how to use the strange helmet Kane eventually bought at Forgotten Treasures. Step two includes an incantation that claims to change the shape of water. Step three discusses the properties of the ooze and its relationship with fish and fish-filled water. Finally, at the bottom, it simply reads, I'm real sorry about your family. That's crazy. You don't want to change The Shape of Water because that film was very of its moment. And obviously it won the awards it won because of that. And I think if you mess with that formula, it's just not going to be the same. I mean, obviously it doesn't necessarily hold up to a lot of scrutiny, but come on, you know. Uh, the set design was just delightful. Other than that, that's insane. <laughs> Literally, John Lee, Kevin Moore the Third, Clark Bishop, and Keith Vigna, as seemingly as well as this this other man, uh, Spud, uh, witnessed this. Are we physically seeing a, a scene play out before us in those moments, or is it something happening internally with us? Oh, no, it's external. You can kind of see each other through and around it as well. At the same time, you can't. You're very much standing in that closet with them. But you're also falling upward through this fucking b- bifrost. <laughs> Bifrost? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, tell us more about that word you just let slip out. It's just what that thing is. It's it's a Thor thing. The Bifrost is how they get around. Damn it. It's a mythology. nerd. And it's a nerd thing. No, it's not It's not nerdy. It's Norse mythology. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced Bifrost. Yeah, it is. Bifrost is the rainbow bridge that connects Asgard. With Midgard. Duh. It's real. That's amazing. I thought you were talking about... Wait, it's, it's actually real? real? <laughs> it's, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were talking about some bullshit that's fake. <laughs> I just meant that it's actual Norse mythology, not some uh, Marvel shit. So it's called Beef Roast? It's Bif- called... Beef Roast? <laughs> beef Roast? Like Arby's. Beef Roast. <laughs> And as you're in this beef roast, uh, just crock potting away, uh, you uh, you do see you you're still looking at this letter that says, "I'm real sorry about your family." 
the letters of the word family morph into the city skyline. But an out-of-place massive circle is moving quickly up toward the top of one of the tallest buildings. Your view approaches in time to catch Planet Juggernaut with its two wild-eyed partners in tow, fling itself from the towering high-rise, reach out with its powerful hands, and slam two helicopters together like a kid playing recklessly with sturdy toys. Instantly, this wily child dons a helicopter hat as blades begin chopping the air above the gigantic ball that lifts into the sky and slowly disappears into the horizon. Your view zooms into the distance until it is engulfed in an ivory endlessness before the experienced hand of one Vanna White touches it gently and a letter appears. You all see John Lee Kevinmore the Thirth laying lazily lying lazily on Clark's couch, absolutely crushing Wheel of Fortune. And then, in the distance, fast approaching, you hear the whir of helicopter blades as something massive and round blocks out the sun that previously poured into the windows of the bishop house holy shit if we were to like reach out and try to interact with this what happens your hand kind of moves through it and does the same like tracer thing where it's just like multiple versions of your hand are seen moving through it and the color displaces and replaces and it's next to you, it's behind you, it's through you, you're inside of it. If you looked over at him, you would see John weeping, but it does seem like big, warm, happy tears. What is the puzzle? <laughs> what is the puzzle? Like, what is the word? Um, yeah, the, um, the puzzle is... Um, Meet me in St. Louis Armstrong. That's a good one. Nice way to pull that out. (laughs) This guy is like in there with you and he's like, what? Is that you? And he's like looking at both of you as as this happens. He's like, what the fuck? John wipes a tear from his eyes and he's like, it was. It might be again. I think it's a version of us. I think it is an us that was. It's not now. We're we're here, right? We're and I try and touch somebody, whoever's nearest. Can I put can I make contact with someone? I also am reaching out to touch Spud and see if he's real. You both absolutely feel real physical contact and as well your hand moves through them completely. <laughs> but it's also so, very real. So fucking cool. <laughs> it it is, but it's not. And then at the same time is <laughs> does his pillowy touch bring bud to an ivory endlessness spud <laughs> yeah and no <laughs> in case you said velvety for vanna white here's a line reading of me saying velvety velvety i didn't but that was good <laughs> punch that in what did you say <laughs> experienced hand uh, does his- <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Does his experienced hand bring him to an ivory endlessness? <laughs> Dude, an experienced hand has brought me to an ivory endlessness so many times. <laughs> oh my God. Tommy. Oh man. Oh, fuck. (laughs) 
the okay. shadows cast by the imminent. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Keith pulls his phone out to see, like, on the Uber app, like, where he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're like 2.2 now. No, I meant, like, physically the location <laughs> of where can, he you is. You can see it dropping. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's like rating you on his phone. He's like, this is the craziest Uber ride. Not the most charismatic partner through eternity <laughs> so far. Uh, where does it say I, we are, though? Oh, your phone. When you look at your phone, you see your your reflection is Silas Cole. Oh, shit. Fuck yeah. Uh, do, uh, guys, what do I look like? I look at him. He's wearing stupid shorts and a stupid shirt, and he looks like his stupid fucking self. <laughs> you look like your stupid fucking self, Keith. Look, and I, I, sh- I show him my phone, trying to show him Clark, my reflection. you see an old, grizzled version of yourself wearing a hood over the top as the overseer that you've seen so many times, and a light begins beaming out of your face. What do, I, what do I look like? What do I look like? And I start feeling my own head. You look like you. What do I look like in Keith's magic phone? I show my magic phone to... John Lee Pettymore. He gazed, you don't see he, anything. He peers deeply. Yeah, he's trying. His his eyes are bulging. He's trying so hard to see something in the phone screen. It eventually zooms out to encapsulate all of Planet Juggernaut. John Lee Pettymore experiences a uh, high free handlessness. <laughs> <laughs> I want to show the phone to Spud and see what he sees. What? Hey, t- look at this. It's- what do you see, man? Dude, it's me. That's nuts. <laughs> you you look about like you expected? I mean, who are we really? Sometimes I just like stand in the mirror and stare for as long as I can until my eyes are the only thing I can really see and the rest just kind of fades away. And then I slowly move my head back and forth from side to side, but try to keep my eyes in like the same spot. It's fucking crazy, man. All right, Spud, we'll check back in with you later. (laughs) The shadows cast by the imminent planet Juggernaut form a thick metal blast door in a dank, dimly lit subterranean laboratory. Keith Vigna stands on the outside wearing clothes that fit in around 1880-something and jots in a notebook as he looks through a porthole where you all see Tildy B. Mitchell's body convulsing on the floor. Her leg is stacked stabbing into the cement ground rhythmically as it turns into a piece of machinery on a beautiful sunny day at the Contention Mining Company. As Keith Beans walks past his workers and into his office, he's met with hearty greetings. Good day, boss. How do you do, sir? Take care, Mr. Cole. You watch as the physique changes around the mouth, making the greeting, and see a rotund, sweat-covered man finish the previous thought like a before and after on a wheel of fortune as he says um, Mr. Cole needs to be taken care of fucking impeccable that's an artist right there that's a professional <laughs> artist right there oh it's like it feels bad it hurts <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Did you hear that? that some of it came back. Some of it came back. 
I think you need to wipe. I literally had spit drip in my mouth on that burp. Oh, God. I'm so glad you didn't just puke onto your microphone just now. It sounds like you aspirated some spin drift. Did you go to jail for murdering some 41? Psalms 41. Psalm 41 told me. Okay, you guys want to keep going? Yeah, I, I, I'm I waiting for something to, you know. I mean, not that stuff isn't happening, but I'm waiting for, like, to be able to do something. I'm waiting for you to wow me. <laughs> I want to, I, like, because I'm just, we're just flailing and floating right now, you know? Yeah, it's an audio podcast, so you can always talk to each other. Nah. This is uh, crazy. <laughs> So the wait is the Silas Cole flashback it ends with Ephraim saying that that's the end of that Nope I'm in the middle of that's it That's what I thought okay Go, Okay finish out I your mean point. we've all been we've we've all been real silly but Judge Ephraim Cortland was anything but this meeting he had called was about to decide if they the elders of contention should hire this roaming cowboy Cornelius Beans to dispose of their town's paranoid figurehead all in attendance were in favor and said aye the judge excused himself to fetch this mercenary for hire who just happened to be in town for the day and Cornelius Beans later entered the secret meeting to spit and shake on the deal the handshake transforms into a live hand grasping the cold, limp grip of a body that drapes like a frequently worn sweater in a closet. This closet, however, is down in a crawl space, six feet deep with dirt floors. It smells heavily like rich earth and cedar, and there are rows of other long, hanging cadavers suspended from the supports. A small metal ball with long metal tendrils excuses itself from the beans-dubbed cowboy shell it inhabited and enters its familiar host, known to the town of contention as Mary Cole. She walks up the dusty wooden stairs, enters the house, and begins to chant an incantation she remembers from her maker's lips. Bob Dahab. A swirling hole opens in the ground, and Keith Beans wakes up from a deep sleep, eyes wide and horrified, as Mary Cole, this woman standing in his bedroom with old-timey clothing on, throws her creator into the eternal portal, filling the bedroom floor. And then, as you're falling upward, your vision fades and the light refocuses on the three of you. Holy shit. Hey Luke, you remember the first dream you had as Keith Figna? You were still dreaming, but you woke up in your bed and you saw a woman in Oh yes, clothing. yes. Threw me through the floor. <gasps> oh. That's fucking incredible, dude. That's wild. Who was it? (laughs) (laughs) Damn, dude. That was so long ago. (laughs) Jesus, dude. That's just really cool. Did did you 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 all you all saw there was a it was that uh, there was a ball there was a ball it had it had uh, tendrils it's it's one it's one of the balls right you guys saw that right? Uh, John, 
just rolls his eyes like, duh, it was a ball. Keith is having like just flashbacks to that dream and like trying to piece things together in his mind, but also he still isn't fully convinced that any of this is actually happening happening to him. Keith, the 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 the, the stuff that uh that I saw it it it, uh, it 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 wasn't something I remember per se, but it all it all kind of it all kind of touched on things that I could understand being a thing. Is did, did what you just saw was that anything that rings a bell for you? Did you see anything that rings true? I had a I had a dream and she was there. She was there. I had a dream. You know who she, she was. was there. I think it's M A R Y. What does that stand for again, Keith? <laughs> oh, it that stands for Marvin's awesome robots, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like why was the version of it and it's M A R. What is manipulating activator robot? Yeah. Version Y. <laughs> Marvy. Marvy, Marks, <laughs> Marvy, Mars, Marks. A lot of these were cooler than Mary. <laughs> Seemingly out of nowhere, you're all sitting on the ground. Above you is pure darkness, the same darkness you've seen above you this whole time, and beneath you, the ground is made of pure light. But as your eyes adjust to your new surroundings, the endlessness of it all begins to fade away, and you see you're actually all sitting on the ground in a small room. It feels smaller due to the amount of junk accumulated around you like a hoarder studio apartment. And you hear a whiny moan, pained from behind a jostling pile of clutter. Hey, who's there? Who's there? Uh, Leo? Who knows me? Who is that? Is it Leo? Yeah. It's it's Clark. Leo, it's Clark. Clark, Bishop, you motherfucker. And this jostling uh, amount of junk just, just like falls over, like pours over onto the ground. This very real ground now below you that is still made of light. Uh, and, and... It like falls over and he falls toward you and you see as he falls on his face in front of you It is very clearly Leo Piston. He looks exactly like he did the night that he stood atop the two-fanged plunge And was a bullet was fired through his body by Julie Maxwell who then you shot in the eye And as he falls forward you do see he's shirtless and uh, the skin kind of like falls and hits uh, the ground below and, and the fat on his sides kind of presses against all the junk that is down there next to him and you see a very clear exit wound from where or, or an entrance wound from where the bullet uh, went through him and he's like oh, I'm in so much pain and this is all you've felt ah oh, damn it it's it's sixth sense style ghosts and new ghost <laughs> I, t- I didn't hear what you said. It kind of cut out. And you ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not real. You're not hey, real. It fucking hurts. It still hurts. 
I turned to the guys. This can't. This can't. This can't be. This can't be real. I, I, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. We saw his body slide down the slide. Well, yeah. And now we're probably dead too, because we suffocated in the ooze, and we're up here in Sixth Sense Ghost Hell with Leo. His body got caught by the goo. Yeah, that's just right. Like us. The goo got him. It slammed him in the ground, didn't it? Oh, yeah. It fucking hurt, too. It slammed me in the ground so many times. I've been in here unconscious for I don't know how long. Well, about five days, Leo, I think. I was going to say, how long has it been? Two and a half it years? It like forever since you've been gone. Please come back home. Has anybody ever told you you kind of sound like <laughs> Adam Sandler at his worst impulses? Who? <laughs> 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 Does Adam Sandler exist in this universe? John Lee Pettymore doesn't want to exist in a universe that Adam Sandler doesn't. <laughs> Clark is going to look a uh, have a, a look of dawning realization. He starts looking around. It's does that mean is she here? Leo is is Julie here? <laughs> Julie was dead. My body was here body was here and he points to the ground nearby and there's no body and his eyes get huge and he's like she's she was there and then I fuck you not this little metal ball fell down the same way you guys just did and this little spider worm arms climbed up into her face and she stood up nowhere and this black ooze start pouring out of her eyeball where you shot her just darkness pouring out of her eye and then and then what leo where'd she go and he points at a large metal door like a hatch are there any windows in the room we're in no is this the same room that i was in in the pond and are we saying hatch because it's on the ground? Uh, no, sorry. Like, uh, I, it's, it's on the wall like a door. I don't know why I'm saying hatch. I think it's just like the big rectangle. It actually looks like a walk-in freezer, I guess. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Gotcha, yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. Sorry, I'm just really bad with words. <laughs> yeah, you, that's, you, you're pretty much That's okay, that. you just control the story and the imagery. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ship you a dictionary. <laughs> I'm glad you finished that last word. <laughs> I'm going to show Me you my too, dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you a hard wire. Oh, my God. Dude, fucking, uh, okay, Harry Potter pornography, Hagrid. I'm going to show you my dictionary. <laughs> nice. And then he pronounces everything very, very well. Yeah, it's not porn. It's just a gra- It's just a lesson. It's a public speaking lesson. A sex lesson. It is porn. <laughs> Hagrid porn. So Leo, Leo here says that Julie was dead. So I, I was under the the assumption that we were in some sort of afterlife here, but maybe that's not the case. Maybe when he when she shot Leo, it was it was not a fatal wound. It was the goo that got him. Yeah, it clearly wasn't not fatal. Do you do you do you think the goo arrested his 
Would he have died from this wound if he was still in the real world? Maybe time passes differently here. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. That's surprising. I've got 30 first aid. Could I tell <laughs> if it would have been a fatal wound five days ago? Thinking back to five days ago, really, though, a lot longer ago than five days ago, I'd imagine, in your, in your fucked up brain. Oh, sure. Yeah, go ahead and roll. I fail. 41 on a 30. Yeah, you're not. You're not sure. Certainly not sure. You're about as sure as uh, Joe would be either way on whether or not that sh- wound would be fatal. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then is is freezer door hatch the only door in this room? The only way we would be able to get in or out? No, looking now, there's two of them. One on either side of the room. As you're talking, you saw like at Leo, <laughs> Leo's literally just like crawling around, knocking shit over, and he knocks over enough clutter on the opposite side of the room to reveal there a second door that was unseen previous. Because he's literally, you're looking into the eyes of a man who is feeling a fatal wound constantly, and he's just crying out in pain the whole time. I, I'm not gonna keep doing it, but the, his wheezing, his like moaning, his. Is literally happening constantly. It's honestly pretty relaxing. So you're not like a dedicated enough actor to keep doing it. Sorry. Oh, guys! Now, see, now I believe that this fellow's in pain. This is a man having a hard time, and that that comes across. Should should we put him out of his misery? <laughs> uh, no, no. He's he's the only one that seems to have any knowledge about what's going on here, however little it may be. I don't think we should get rid of him at least at least yet. Yeah, he's got a decent frame of reference for right now, and also it's he is being kept alive in here. And even though he's been going through unspeakable pain for five whole days. We we could probably get him out of here. Keith says nothing, but isn't so sure. Well, God damn it, Keith! I can tell that you're you're not you're not saying anything, but you're thinking something that you're you're afraid to say. Well, I'm not afraid to say it. You think we can't get out of here? But if you fucking believe that, then what is what is any of this for? What's why why keep going? If you don't think we can get out of this fucking ooze, falling upwards, uh, goddamn Leo dying for five days bullshit. Guys, we're all just in the Uber still. I believe we can get out of here. It's fine. Spud, do you believe we're still in the Uber? Spud is kind of walking towards one of the doors. What the fuck, dude? This is... Oh... He's just kind of pacing back and forth now. He was walking away, now he's walking toward you, now he's walking away. Um, and he's just pacing back and forth, and he's like, this is not diet. The last thing, that was sick, though. That was like, why? And I was like, yo. And you guys were all different and stuff, and it was crazy. But this this guy, I don't know, he's uh, my ears. <laughs> yeah. Do we still have the feeling of contentment that we had while we were oh, on yeah. the... Oh, yeah. Super content. I don't know what I was complaining about then. I, it's, I guess this ain't so bad. Leo, do you feel content even though you're dying in pain constantly? I 
feel like I'm dying, but also, like, I'm not hungry, if that's what you mean. And I don't think I've slept the whole time I've been here, except for being unconscious, maybe. Is that what I mean? No. That you're not hungry? <laughs> is that I what guess it's a big old no. <laughs> I'm just trying to describe my physical state to you. He's not hungry. He's not sleepy. He's in pain, but he's managing. Is this a riddle, or is this me? We're... Detectives' greatest detectives, so we're just thinking out loud. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't think there's much more we can do here. I think, I think if we're gonna find a way out, we got to start trying yeah. to find a way out. <laughs> do you, do you guys think we should go out the door that Julie went out, or do you think we should go out that one? And I point to the other one. I kind of like Spud's instincts. I don't know which one did he go to. Spud throws open the latch on the hatch that was first visible in this unearthly piston junkyard of a room, and he turns back to fully face you with double finger guns as the door behind him swings open. And without turning back around to confirm his footing, he steps backward over the threshold. Dudes, we gotta find a way out of this place, and my instincts are on point! Bud, with nothing for his feet to land on, falls back and disappears completely from your view as his voice trails off and turns to a shriek. And beyond the doorway, you all look out and see a technicolor sky your eyes cannot quite comprehend. And it is, at the same time, completely dark. The nothingness is endless. But below the horizon is a shimmering silver sea. Holy shit. This is so cool. Uh, I, well, I thought we should just maybe follow him through that door, but now I'd like to peek through first. I was going to, uh, like, we like three Stooges like heads. What's, yeah, what's, what's down below? If we Looking down, you see this room you're all in is on stilts. And a ladder goes down about 10 yards and disappears into this placid, shining ocean that surrounds Leo's auxiliary piston junkyard for as far as you can see. But just below, Spud is laying on top of this gleaming expanse, and his face is contorted into a twisted grimace. A pained squeak is drowned out into a gargle as the patch-covered hippie slowly sinks backward in Han Solo pose down into the shimmering silver sea. John Lee Kevin Moore shuts the door. (laughs) Clark yanks it back open. Let's try that other one, guys. I gotta see how this ends. I help him open the door. Say your piece, and then I'll close this damn door. As you look out the door a second time... No. Oh, look who it is. No, Justin. You see a boat made of this familiar, inky, black, unnaturally colorful material that also makes up the sky. And two men are standing on this craft. One is a short, stout man in his latter years, a thick, white beard makes his round face look even rounder and the bags under his eyes are large and fluffy he's wearing a dark navy beanie and a wool plaid shirt under olive corduroy overalls and the other man 
is John Lee Pettymore the Fourth's uncle, Don D. Pettymore. Justin, yes. what does Uncle Don look like? Yes. Ooh, Uncle Don is uh, about 6'2", like kind of sinewy. He's got that leathery, like, been out in the sun too long, strong, dark hair that's very disheveled right now. Does not look as though he is bathed in a, a quite some time, let's say. And he's wearing like a buttoned up shirt that's all like, it's not looking super great in a thick old mustache. Uh, hi, hi, Uncle Don. What, uh, how, wait, uh, it, do I see, is that John? Who? Oh, he sees me. Hey, Uncle Don. Uh, I, I start going down the ladder. Can't we check the other door first? Don, you could you could climb up the ladder. Keith goes down the <laughs> ladder, but he does it like in a video game when you hit sp- the sprint button when you go down, and you just like hold the side and slide down it. Yeah, like he does that. But again, like we're still up here in this other plane. There's a whole other door. Who knows who he might invite to the Discord chat if we open that door. <laughs> 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 